Signs of the Southland, September 24th, 2023. This is a baseball podcast. I'm obligated to remind you that, we are. one, the Atlanta Barves are the NL East champs, and two, Yeehaw. the Chicago Cubs are somewhere in the wilderness of the, uh, of the NL wild card race, which is like seven teams deep at this point. Somewhere in the wilderness between Chicago and Atlanta, they'll be here next week. So my my one request is, hey, maybe uh, maybe a nice uh, sweep Ola for the boys. That'd be that'd no. be kind. We would not we would not appreciate that. Sorry. No, 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 no. You come here. You you come at the king. You best not miss. Except if it's in the NLDS, in which case you'll probably win anyway. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this defeatist. But anyway, I saw win Friday. That was kind of nice. <laughs> Boo. Wrigley is the best. Yes. Uh, I have uh, at least 41,000 friends at a ballpark in Marietta that would disagree. Marietta? <laughs> Does that even count as Marietta? No, it's, it's it Smyrna. It's like highway interchange. It's Smyrna. <laughs> it's unincorporated Georgia. <laughs> Unincor- no, the, the, it's Atlanta. It's technically Atlanta. That's how, they, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. So we are recording from Mr. Grant's abode today in a central location. He... Interrupted our pre-recording dinner in order to put his freaking W flag outside, as if he, as if Wrigley was here itself. Um, My neighbor appreciates it. He says that's how he knows when the Cubs win. That is how most people know it's when the good, Cubs win. It's yes, a very good tool complete, of communication. That's how it works when you fly a W flag. Typically. Oh man. Uh, some more news about tech winning before we get into the major news about tech winning. A uh, Georgia Tech alumnus. Alumnus? Fan? Question sure, mark? something. They were wearing a tech shirt. Uh, won the Stein hoisting competition at Wild Heaven uh, of Jake's, or not Jake, of Jack's uh, interest. Uh, you said you didn't didn't know the guy? I did he just not know that. I never got his name, but he was wearing a like a rambling, gambling hell of an engineer shirt. And then beat a Cornell guy. So I think I think we did our we, we at least won something in the in the city of Atlanta yesterday. What was the? Hold on, hold on. Did you? you I think also, every it, one of our teams won all the in games the city that they in played. in as, key key phrase in the city of Atlanta. Wait 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 wait. wait. Yeah, the United won yesterday. What are you talking about? Oh, you I forgot were about West the West End. Were you? You were in Avondale. It was at Avondale. Mm, um, city of Atlanta. That's city of Atlanta. That's city of Avondale Estates. Actually, Avondale ah. Estates, my guy. ITP. We were ITP and won yeah. something. Tech. Just, just merge. I was referring to tech, not just the merge soccer. Not the soccer. ITP into one super city. I'm sure everyone will enjoy that. When my high school, that is basically what it is already. To be fair, when my high school was playing in the state semifinals and finals for for soccer, our chant was ITP. It was not <laughs> Druid Hills or something Red Devil related. It was we were the ITP team playing the OTP teams. What you should have done is done Manchester United chants. I'm sure that would have gotten the crowd riled up. That there were multiple Manchester United fans on the pitch playing for us, so actually that would have gone pretty well. Now that I think about it, I was too. I could not. I could not tell you a single Manchester United chant. I was in my Liverpool phase. I would have hated it actually. Liverpool Liverpool era. There was a phase. There There, absolutely was a good Liverpool time. That was like twenty. It was what, like twenty eighteen. I kind of. I hopped off the bandwagon right before it really got good. I got to see us lose a, a Europa Cup to Sevilla. Womp womp. Well, I mean, and, and Cubs fans who saw that 2015 MLCS uh, series and hopped off the bandwagon lost uh, lost out on the World Series. But I have no pity for them. Nope, none. I just want to say for the record, when he said I have no pity, his eyes turned dark as black <laughs> as black as the night sky. <laughs> they rolled into the back of his oh skull as as he spoke in a dark eldritch voice. No pity, man. 
Oof. We're this off the rails. This took a turd. We're off the rails. This We're is off what the rails when we already. do this in person. Yeah. Yes, this is true. You want to talk about something else that was off the rails this weekend? Sure. Sure. Georgia Tech football. They won 30 to 16 over Watch conference out. opponent Wake Forest. Mr. Purdy, walk us through the game. Yeah, we had a we came out pretty well. Uh in terms of looking at the game on paper, we were uh, we were favored to win for the large majority of this game. Uh, won thirty to sixteen in the end. Um, our APA per play was positive compared to Wake Forest, which was not. Uh, we were up what twenty? We were at half. What was it? Uh, we were up seven three at the end of the first, and up twenty to three after halftime. So like a resoundingly up ahead by multiple scores at halftime. Which I mean, we knew. I think going in, we knew like we had our offense. We knew Wake Forest maybe didn't have a defense. We knew our defense was questionable at best so it really it we i was i was thinking this was going to be an offensive shootout and then when i saw it was 20 to 3 i was like okay something must be working here i was at the united game doing uh pre-game ceremony rituals so i could not watch but for what i could tell things were going very much in the right direction when it was all said and done and one one thing before we get into the game at hand i, I do want to Oh, man, I'm trying to pull up the game on paper for the last week's ODU um, versus Wake, Wake yeah. game. Um, but Give one me thing a I, second. One thing I do want to circle out there, and one thing that I think we didn't really emphasize quite as much in, in just introducing the opponent, is Wake was not really all that uh, secure with the ball against ODU. No, and they weren't against us either. And they weren't so, against us either. No, they were so, not. Like, it, good on Tech for, I guess— and, and this kind of segues into the gameplay itself. Um, for for the record, I, I saw the first half via uh, condensed game. Uh, I was watching and listening to the radio for the for the second half. But uh, Delta does not have the CW live um, on Come its on, aircraft. Delta. What? Come on, Delta. <laughs> Big sad. You kidding me? Big sad. But uh, you know, it, it's all good. Um, it, you know, it gave me something to watch when I got back on the ground. And yeah. Also knew the outcome of the game. But um, but no, um, I, I think that. Uh, in terms of just a, a different game, it was honestly a little bit refreshing to see the defense come have, yeah. you know, maybe it, it, from what I saw at least, it, it wasn't a perfect game, but they created some havoc, a handful of interceptions, fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, they got they got sacks. They got consistent pressure. Well, Eight sacks is a it's a good show. Twelve percent havoc rate. Yeah, they were they were doing stuff we have not seen this and, year. We went from zero sacks in two weeks to actually having some form of a back. Well, this is definitely the, pressure. This is definitely the toughest team that Wake saw all season, and I think true, it kind of showed. Not that they've been you know perfect, but Vandy and Elon and Old Dominion is a is a different test than than Louisville and Ole yeah. Miss. Louisville's yeah. got some dudes, and Old Miss def, definitely has some. Some players too. I mean, half of them were on our team last year, so uh, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. would know. But I, I mean, I think in terms of a, a refreshing change, the defense they came to play. Um, I, I do want to call out just a couple player performances. I feel like sometimes we get hung up on narrative and we don't really, you know, shout out individual folks. Are you as saying much. that college football should be a marriage of numbers and words? Yeah, perhaps. Um, <laughs> four sacks by Kyle Kennard. Uh, he is, I believe, the fourth tech player to do that ever uh, oh, wow. saying it a bunch on the radio which this is my shout out for listening to tech games if you're not there live on the radio uh, you get a lot of great tech specific uh mm-hmm. content yeah um obviously joe hamilton played the game but andy demetra is one of the best broadcasters in the business uh, and does a great job of of knowing that stuff uh in, in order to you know give it to our uh to our lovely ears so shout out um and, and for keeping us in the loop there but uh 
Kennard, four tackles for loss, four sacks. There were 10 tackles for loss on the day. Uh, Zeke Biggers, he blocked a kick. That was pretty cool. And had a fumble recovery too, yeah. Yep. Um, And then K.J. Wallace, sack, forced fumble, you know, good. It was was a high-havoc day. I mean, I I don't know. It, It was a nice change, but like I said, less dude-ish than, than Ole Miss versus Louisville. We'll see if it translates in a couple weeks. But, hey, got to start somewhere, right? I want to add, just because we're talking about the Havoc rate a lot, and you mentioned it was 12%. That is 66th percentile, if you put that in context of all of the FBS versus FBS team performances in 2022. That's one of the stats that we provide on Game on Paper. And I think that adds to how good of a performance it was on that end. Right, like you're generating this much, th- this many problems for a team that is known for being a very pacey offense, and yeah. known for being, uh, and known for being very high powered. Um, I think that's something to monitor, and I think especially versus this kind of offense, and especially what we know about Dave Dave Clawson. Yeah, and they and Wake to, and Wake only had one in the whole game, so I mean they they were not getting behind and forcing a lot of an issue, at least in their in our passing game in that sense. And Haynes had some beautiful play, beautiful throws last night. I know me and Jake both remembered the one oh, from yes. from the recap from the from the condensed game of his just pure perfect floater in stride to Luke Benson. Perfect. Just he had, he didn't have to do much. It was just right in the bread box. Easily probably the most beautiful throw that we've seen him throw I mean, all it year. Didn't it didn't go for a it didn't go for a touchdown. It wasn't anything too flashy. It was just. It was still really a good twenty-five well executed. He threaded a couple defenders. Twenty-five I mean, yard ball. Yeah, like he made he made it work very I, very I nice. Was, I think it wound up going for thirty-eight yards on the play. That wouldn't surprise me. Benson he was had, pretty. He was pretty open ben, on that play too. Benson only had one catch on the day, and, and I think I'll use that as a little bit of a a left turn into um into you know just kind of some commentary on on the receiving core. Wow. Um, some commentary on the receiving core. It seemed like, you know, Haynes going 16 for 27 that and one interception, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I will say that um, it, there were some times where it seemed like he's singling in on Singleton. Uh, I think that's a good pairing. I, I think, I mean, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different guys catch balls, mm-hmm. multiple tight ends. You know, we got we got the ball around into a lot of different we folks' did. hands. Yeah, we did. Which is always good. Um but I, I don't know. There, there were some, uh, like the one that comes to mind where I just think about this is there was a play where he threw it to Singleton in the end zone. It was a little high. If 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 Eric comes down with the ball, it's one of the. I don't know. I think I know. I think I know which. I think I know which play you're talking about. Zone. Yeah, I think. If, I'm, if he comes down with that, one of the greatest catches in tech history. There was another pass that was close to the end zone that got picked. That was just barely a little bit off. So there's still some dialing in for them to figure out. Um, but no, it, regardless, like, yeah, he knows we, we all know. No. Okay. Singleton's the guy you got to teams are going to have to double cover him or something like that. And I think, I think that this is a game that was probably something that came at the right time. I think it's a fair way to put mm-hmm. it. Like wakes, not a perfect team, but they're well coached. They've been well coached for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, not a perfect team. Obviously, Mitch Griffiths is probably probably no Sam Hartman. I don't think that's Sam unfair. Hartman's not walking through that door. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's unfair to say, but it, he he's a fine player. Um, I think he he played all right, but you know, Tech got to him a bunch. Yeah. Tech's offensive line not perfect from from what I can see. There's times where you know King, King had to, you know, maybe that's why he's looking in certain directions. Is you know, hey, I know I can I can get it to my guys. Um, yeah, who's open kind of situation, but. Um, but, yeah, no, all that to say, 
it wasn't a perfectly executed game. Obviously, given that it was a school record in penalty yards, which is wildly different. Ah. I mean, uh, compared I, to the first three games. It's surprising because the penalty EPA <laughs> zero. is zero. <laughs> really? So uh, I, maybe it canceled out or they're not all recorded properly. I don't or, know. I, or I need to go back and check the site, but... Um, I mean, we didn't lose, so I mean, it only it clearly only did so much. Yeah, in I don't terms see a lot of. Yeah, I don't think the penalties are marked on uh, in the play. Well, play. they have their. It's negative one for Wake Forest, so I think they have to be marked in some. They are not. I'm so or one, the, negative one point nine for Wake Forest. Yeah, so there's only one marked. Uh, there are only two marked actually. Oh, okay. Um, and they're both on Wake Forest. There's an offensive holding on a kickoff and a false start mark. So it looks like they're just not marked in the play by play. Which is very funny. Um, so that is, again, I think I, I mentioned last week, I'm disappointed in how ESPN has been publishing this data. There are caveats with some of these things, but, you know, it, it's uh, it's something to, something to monitor, I guess. I, I think um, I, I do want to call out, you know, while we're talking about the, the data maybe being a little sus, but at, at the end of the day, I think just being able to like read a site like this, don't... don't... <laughs> Are you doing this on on yeah, air I'm right now? On, I'm doing it on God. on air. But um, most important plays is called out by game on paper. Um, the first one uh, that was Wake's uh, touchdown to bring them within a score yeah. late in the fourth. That was and the second play. most important was the interception that Mitch Griffiths threw uh, on the Tech 21. Huge plays. They got the huge plays when it mattered, and I think there's some luck to that. But also, I mean. They got the interception. Three in, three interceptions is a good night. Yeah, eight sacks is a good night. Like, it, if you could make the plays, and that that's how you win by two scores. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to write off everything of penalties, penalties, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, this team gets a a little bit cleaner. You know, cleans up the penalties and can execute a little bit better in the red zone. Well. You're cl- cooking with gas at that point. There's a chance this was just an outlier too, considering yeah. we had five penalties going into this game total. So it was very jarring to see us have that many in a game like this. Thankfully, it wasn't ga- like literally game costing or potentially bowl bowl game costing in the end. Um, so if you're gonna do it, do it now, I guess, kind of thing. Um, or maybe even next next week against Bowling Green because Bowling Green has not been exactly a force of nature to put it lightly. Uh, so yeah, it's. It, We'll be all right there. I want to say, and I, there's no way he doesn't know that and hammering that in them. Also, let's well, should, should, should we note the press conference from the, earlier this week too that he had, where he basically pulled an anti Collins <laughs> and was just like, "We don't take any phonies here." Like, if y'all haven't seen the press conference from, I think it was want to say Thursday, um, Wednesday yeah, or Thursday. I saw the yeah, comments. It was the midweek. It was Monday. the midweek. It was the midweek press conference. He was on one. They apparently during practice just didn't have, just had a really bad day apparently, and he. He did not let that go forgotten. He dog tested them. He, he, he went all in on them. He was like, we made sure they knew, knew about it in practice. We made sure they knew about it that night. We made sure they knew about it that morning. And they figured it. And they, he basically made it sound like that they came came to the other side of that and they were fine. Um, don't I mean who, who, what players, what position groups, who the heck knows. But at, it, the blame it, doesn't matter. I think the idea of the, idea the concept that, of. Your team's not performing. You're telling it to them straight is the important actionable yeah, part. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he is not. Yeah, there was a lot of we are ho- holding everything accountable here. We're holding every. Yeah, we're just holding everyone accountable. Someone regardless. ramble while I find some stuff that Chad tweeted that I really liked about some stats. <laughs> I mean, there were there he tweeted a bunch of quotes from that because you know, he like said that was the that was the Thursday one. The he one was th- on one. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, the the one stat that I want to mention while you while you look for those quotes that I do find a little concerning. Um, 
while we are in the midst of talking about that defensive performance, is that run that run stuff rate for the defense was still extremely low uh, and zero percentile by at least our metrics um, at nine percent. So, uh, and even if you look at the breakdown of havoc plays, there's eight um, eight tackles for loss, which are all of the sacks, and then there are two um, there are two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're not a lot of your push in terms of your defense is coming in the passing game and generating pressure and generating mistakes, which is good, but you also need to be able to have that sense of rigidity up front for both yeah. phases mm-hmm. of the ball. And I think that like you can sort of see the breakdown in, in Wake's production here too. They because of the sacks, they were only they were minus point four four in EPA per play, the tenth percentile performance. Um I EPA per in EPA per drop back. But in EPA per rush, they were positive. And traditionally, mm-hmm. rushing is less valuable than passing. Yeah. So you'd expect EPA per rush to be closer to zero or negative for most of these teams um, compared to EPA per dropback being positive. So yeah. when you see that reverse, you're saying, okay, well, we're getting a lot of push offensively. The, quarter, the other quarterback is making a lot of mistakes. But however, especially in a close game, this other team is still getting like, a yeah, lot of Wake effectiveness. Gained, Wake gained a whole touchdown on us and that. Like that was a seven that was a seven point difference. So yeah, they yeah, were I mean, absolutely made, their, made, made a look difference. At the rush attempts report too. Um, Justice Allison pulled point, uh, just about five EPA on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Mitch Griffiths, even though he was having a rough day through the air, he was still positive on the ground. Yeah. Like the, they're still making plays on the ground in these moments. I, I mean, I, I know uh, Demond Claiborne is listed here as minor as negative, but like they were still able to put together consistent, consistent yeah. rushing yards. And yeah, I, I have traditionally said, and analytics Twitter, if you've paid attention, memes about like running backs don't matter. I think that's not necessarily relevant here, but like they're able to generate effective rush play, and mm-hmm. that's something that Tech has historically. Uh, at least over the last four or five years, has had a lot of trouble stopping. Yeah, um, and that's still like that's still a problem that I see that they need to fix. Can I um, introduce a concept that we talked about off air? Um, Go. I'm going to credit our most frequent visitor on this podcast for this one because it's his tweet. Um, but uh, Joey, uh, Joey Weaver of Basketball Conference, who you know, if you don't. If you don't uh, check them out now, it's a, it's a good week to hop on there. Um, good time to talk about tech, and I personally have been consuming all the tech content I could find all day. Um, but uh, basically, he pointed out that tech was more or less kind of struggling to move the ball relative to what we've seen, uh, creating turnovers, rushing the passer, and heavily penalized. I think that kind of distilled all the, the points we were, we were talking about. I mean, I chuckled at the time, but, you know, having watched, rewatched, and internalized it i mean it it looked like a different tech team which honestly kind of gives me a little bit of hope that you know hey if they're putting more of these different aspects that we've seen together i mean it, it, yeah I, I don't know give me a little bit of hope going forward i i, I feel like i don't want to say the the big proof of concept word because it's not I don't think not that. No. Oh, that is not the word that I would use for this one. No, no, <laughs> no, not no. At all. no. I I use that phrase now with some trepidation. We, we've got some. <laughs> we've got some aspects that I like to draw on from multiple games. How's that? That's absolutely fair. Someone called a show that I watched like a collection of moments, and I think that's a good way to. 
good way to put it's this. Good one. Idea. Shall I read these these uh, these quotes yes, from Mr. Read Key? Read the quotes and give us the context. Yeah. So this was so Brent. This back. was Brent Key's uh, a midweek press conference. So Wednesday or Thursday, I'm forgetting. Uh, September 21. So it was three days ago. So this would have been Thursday. Uh, and these are from Chad Bishop's Twitter uh, that he tweeted. He tweeted the transcript of some notable quotes after the fact. And here is I'm going to read four of these because this kind of gets at the brunt of the attitude that he was going in with. Um, so this is all Brent. I'm not happy. Oh, wait, no. Here we go. You got to love the process. You got to love the process. You got to love the preparation. Love the blood, the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. You got to be able to push through, overcome adversity, and you've got to be able to sustain. I don't think we did a great job of that this week. I'm not happy. I'm not excited. I'm not going to kiss the crack of their butts and tell them how good they are because now we're going into a dogfight to play a dang good football team, and our team better understand that. You can't have lulls. You can't have down days. I've been associated with Tech for a long time. There's midterms. There's different things going on. Midterms were this week. That's why you're at Tech. Because you can't, because you can handle both. You can do those things. Not make an excuse for one way or the other. When I said things are black and white, they're gonna be black and white. Doesn't matter if it's to players, coaches, media. I'm gonna tell you guys straight up the way it is. For me to come in here and have sunshine and rainbows, that's giving a false message to our team. You gotta show preparation in your pre- You gotta show discipline in your preparation, and you gotta be about the preparation. You have to open it up. If you love the game of football, you love everything about it. Otherwise, you're phony. You're fake, and I don't want those people around here. Wow. It's refreshing, um, so I'll give him that. Uh, and he's not saying anything that would get him embarrassed uh, the next week if no, they, not at all. if they, you know, like lay an egg. Coaches we've seen the first couple <laughs> weeks of the season. There's a very famous, to me, famous quote from one old, one good old Stephen Godfrey. That's no one is making you say these things. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and you know, we had one guy that did the, that, that did this a lot. Uh, and he is as of, uh, I think tomorrow is the one year anniversary of him no longer being employed. So at least by Georgia Tech. Yeah. By Georgia Tech. Yes. I mean, he's still pretty active on Twitter, but, uh, that besides the point, money. he got his money. He got he's his still 11, getting his money, getting his 11 million one way or another. In yep. any case, uh, I think that he, he didn't say anything that would come back to bite him about his opponent. And, uh, no, I mean, and, he said he made his point pretty, pretty abruptly. Yeah. Or pretty, uh, pretty eloquently. He so. seems all internal to me. Effectively. You know, like it's, Co- like he was calling out Wake there. Yeah, I mean, like coaches do. Coaches like. I would not call it a wakey leak, if you will. Boo. Oh, um, what I want to say is, like, coaches. Um, I, you see this a lot in in soccer. Is like coaches will use the media, um, in order. And and Nick Saban does. Like Saban oh, is a yeah. is a yeah. classic of the genre. Yeah. Like he will use the media to get specifically what he wants out of his team. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about I, the whole like? Uh, the folks in Athens were picked to go seven and five last year, or whatever they were saying after the. Movie. I mean, look, psychosis is psychosis. That's <laughs> that's their own thing. But like, I I think Nick Saban does a really good job of this, where he, especially during training camp, he will pick out, like, he will make points in the media that he knows he wants specific people to hear, and right. I think this is an example of that. Or where, do what he did two weeks ago and just answer his listeners' question for him. They, yeah. they had the, he had the radio. Uh, there's a funny video out there where he like there's Bama has some famous radio caller that he just knows is coming every week to complain well, it's not Phyllis and it wasn't Phyllis but it was there's just someone else that he he already knew and so he just he had his answer over prepared and just gave him exactly what he wanted and he was like uh <laughs> <laughs> so he's no he's I mean Nick Saban media guy after he's done coaching is going to happen like there's he is oh, yeah. he has been highly highly trained he is at there's a reason 
he is at every national championship game that he's not coaching with the game day crew because he's yeah, I mean, than, he knows what he's doing. But I think the point here is uh, like the point that we're coming around to is that Brent Key had a point in the things that he said. Yeah, he had a specific audience that wasn't the fans that he wanted to listen to it. And it looks like, at least based on the performance, that that point got across. And I think there's still some pieces of that a tirade that they still have to work. Yeah, no, with. it like was. We talked about the penalties. Yeah. We talked about talked about some of the some of the difficulties on the defensive side, despite right. the overall good performance. But like, there's a reason. There, like, it's in a very intentional tirade that has now been put to use. Yeah, in in, in a sport where just winning is and is usually going to be enough like i'm i am very pleased with the fact it's like a win it, obviously they were pleased that they won but at the end of the day like it's the effort that's mattering I mean, eh, winning is a side is a side effect of, of effort so they have as long as they get that done right effort and execution and they're clearly focused on that way more than uh than we used to be so three points is three points chuck three points is three points yes three points is think three i would be montreal points. uh uh, they will be back in action at home this weekend, or I guess next weekend, on the 30th versus Bowling Green at 3.30. Is that a CW? That is a C-C-C. that is ACC Network. We are done with I CW. I have a keys to success. Jake's keys to success. Sounds good. Okay, let's do it. Number one, remember that Bowling Green is in Ohio. I remembered. You're the one we that did not, saying Kentucky. We did not remember. That's we Western Kentucky. To be clear, to be clear the city is still called Bowling Green, Kentucky. There's a Bowling Green, Kentucky, and a Bowling Green, Ohio. Yeah. Continue. And Not my fault. Dot, dot, dot. Um, no, the Jake's keys to success. Finish more drives. Have less penalties. Do the same stuff on defense again, and you'll be great. I like that idea. Right? Yeah. Okay. Just cool. you just, just just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Easy just, game. Just, just do it. <laughs> why why you not just just win, lol? <laughs> why you no win? <laughs> Let's move on to talking about swim and dive. Their season kicked off this past week with a couple of. I guess I don't want to call them low stress, but I'd call them like low stakes. Let's say low they had a gold. I like that idea. Yeah, low, low stakes. Low, what uh, involves swimming in Lake Lanier? That's always kind of well, high stakes, th- I mean, man. that could have been something. Gold yeah. and white intra-squads. That was at Macaulay Aquatic Center to kick off the season. I believe it was the white team that won that. Uh, and then they had Swim Across America at the aforementioned Dangerous Lake Lanier. Uh, everyone returned home safely, so I don't think that that is uh, particularly that was particularly uh, over the top for them. But you know, it's good practice as they head into Florida State next week. Um, I think the way that we've been talking about this off air before we recorded is that we don't really know what this team looks like as a competitive unit, given that one of them was just effectively one of these meets was effectively a scrimmage, and the other was yeah. open water. Uh, so we really I think not dive much, into them. Not much to learn here. Dive into them. Ha, ha, not much uh, to learn here, and no one's well, doing their best times it, at the beginning of the season either. So it's not like you could take these times for as well, like a real token of anything. Too. And the other thing is, we only have times for times and event winners for the event winners. Oh, um, so you don't even know? Okay, so you we don't, don't know have the results. So <laughs> we know lane four, lanes five through ten, and one through three. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> And again, it's it's an inner squad. It's it's getting warmed up. So we'll we'll get some data points. We'll you know do, do our, sit our traditional sit down and, and unbox things in just a bit. At some point, USA Swimming will fix the way that they load data into their system, and we can have more analytics. And at some point, 
and we biffed the transition, but there's other things that you can unbox. Uh, and that could be uh, section 103, as always, if you order more than 70 free shipping on that box. Uh, but, I mean, guys, I got to talk Haynes King, right? He's the talk of the town, one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC. You can get the shirt. You can and get the you shirt. you can represent Haynes King, number 10, uh, soon, now. You can do it currently. You can. Uh, brought to you by section 103. Just of note, the uh, player jerseys do uh, support our Fine athletes at Georgia Tech, um, and as always, you can get not only that, but uh, the Brent Key coaches hoodie, uh, pre cutoff sleeve. I gotta shout out my friend. Post cutoff sleeve. I gotta shout out my friend Taylor for pulling off the perfect cosplay this weekend, and like looking, it looked perfect. It, yes, it like if you want to do the cosplay, yeah. you can do it. It is absolutely possible. So there you uh, go. As always, you've got uh, some classic tech designs, uh, some new ones for this football season, and then some classics in there as well. Uh, my personal favorite, and it will always be my personal favorite, is the I'm a Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech and a hell of an engineer. Uh, go ahead and check them out at section103.com. Like we said, free shipping on orders over 70 every day. Keep an eye out for always releasing more great stuff, and you can find them on Twitter as well at section103. Let's move on to talking about women's tennis who were in action at the, I believe it was called the Collegiate Ranked Something I, I honestly I don't have the full name in my shot sheet here. It sounded very college college ranked spotlight. Ooh. It was in Cary, get him, uh, North Carolina, not Cary. Raleigh. Uh, I was corrected by Twitter earlier today, but Mr. Grant, walk us through some of the results. Yes, absolutely. So first day was all doubles uh, in terms of action. Uh, we saw. A, uh, a couple new pairings. Uh, that would be Alejandra Cruz, Mahak Jain, uh, Carolee, and Kylie Bilchev. Uh, they all played on Thursday, I believe, two pairs apiece uh, in those results. Uh, Carolee and Kylie Bilchev came within, well, they, that was a 6-2 loss. It was Mahak Jain and Alejandra Cruz uh, that lost 7-6 uh, in the tiebreak there. Uh, Liam Bilchev did pull off a win 6-3 against Duke, uh, and then Mahak Jain and Alejandro Cruz came off that tough tiebreaker loss with a 6-4 to four, uh, loss in doubles as well. Like we kind of said last week, uh, it's early. They're just doing this to get out there and, and play some tennis. I would not write too much one way or the other into results, especially um, given, uh, you know, it, it's early. It's <laughs> they're, they're not necessarily um, games that are going to affect the spring slate, I think is a fair way to put it. Uh, Friday saw a lot more uh, singles in the A1 draw. Mahak Shane lost in two sets, um, but she was playing Mary Stoyana uh, of Texas A&M, who is the number two player in the country, so I don't uh, disparage her too much there. They also had a ton of players at this event, but it's at Cary, which is a, a huge facility. Um, Carol Lee lost in three sets. She was upset by number 80, Lily Jones of Michigan. Bilchev got the win, uh, 6-4, 6-4. Mahak Jain uh, also got a 6-4, 6-4 win. That was an upset of Emma Jackson of Duke, so that was pretty great to see. Um, Kara Lee took another loss, uh, 6-1, 6-3, to a familiar uh, South Carolina player. I think we may have seen her last week. I don't know why it, it registers as familiar. Uh, Bilchev also lost to an AM player, 6-4, 6-0. In the A2 draw, Alejandro Cruz played twice, lost twice. Um, pretty tough. There, there's one more day of competition. I have those pulled up if you want me to hit it. Uh, yeah. Bilchev uh, defeated number 27, Sydney Ratliff over Ohio State, 6275. 
Carolina Walkover uh, loss to Julia Mor- Morlet, Morlet, excuse me, of Arizona State. Ariana Arsenal, who I believe we've seen before, uh, in uh, at from Auburn, defeated Mahak Jane six two or six four six two, excuse me. And Elise Mills of South Carolina defeated number eighty seven Alejandro Cruz of Tech six four six two. Oops, I forgot Saturday's results. I went right from Friday to you reading Sunday. Saturday, um, two walkovers. Bilchev. Uh, took a walkover from number five, Reese Brantmeyer from UNC. A little disappointed not to see that match, given that we see UNC a lot during the year. Kara Lee walked over against Emma Jackson. Emma Jackson is the one who lost uh, the day before to – shoot, I forget exactly who I said. <laughs> My apologies. Um, Short memory. Uh, Mahak Jane lost to uh, Alana Wolfberg of Tennessee. Uh, Kara Lee lost to Isabella Fenning of Miami. Bilchev lost to Carrie Miller of Michigan. And Jane lost to Florence Uriata of Oklahoma. So a tough day on a Saturday. Maybe I should have just stuck with skipping Saturday. Uh, I'll add the last Saturday. doubles result from Sunday. Uh, yeah. Elza Tomase and uh, Alana Wolfberg of Tennessee defeated uh, Cruz and Jane 6-1. So tough, tough end to our reading out of results here. But like you said, I think these are just kind of gearing up to play tennis. And I, it sounds like, at least from what the schedule reads that the real meat of the schedule here is coming up um, or the real mattering part of the schedule is coming up later on next week or I guess the week after next um, at the ITA All-American Championships, but also in in Cary. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll take a look at how this team looks like then. I think we'll have a better picture of them in like games that, especially the ITA games that seem like they matter more. as they move towards the uh, towards the spring, and, and and we noted that some of these um, some of these newcomers are also you know they're freshmen, they're foreign, they're settling into the settling into campus and, and Georgia Tech and and all that stuff. So it'll just take some time to adjust, and yeah, we're we're just gonna have to let these things work themselves out. I think. Yeah, I mean that that's life. It's a good team. That's life. I mean, you heard it in the brain. Keep quotes. It's midterm week, and they're traveling. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna over overwrite any of this too much. Yeah. Like they don't even release a team rank, ranking until what February? Oh, I saw a team rank. I saw a team poll. I saw a preseason poll. They started doing that now. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I I don't know how much stock you can put into it, and I don't think it's getting updated every week, but uh, it definitely yeah. exists. So. Eh. Oh well. Uh, as we speak, Presley Harvin is punting. Presley versus the Raiders. So we're going to stop oh, for a great second. punt. Look at that. that Got it behind a, that the tent. Phenomenal punt. Just put him back on their ass. Coverage. Look at that. All right. Good wow. job, Presley. Okay. Anyways, good for him. Go jackets. Speaking of spikes, speaking of jackets, speaking of jackets, <laughs> I didn't know how to transition. Let's talk a little bit about, actually, honestly, it's going to be a lot of bit about Georgia of, tech volleyball. So here. They had two games this week. Uh, they beat, Clemson 3-1 on Wednesday to open ACC play. That was in Clemson at Jervy Gym. Uh, and then they came home for their ACC opener versus NC State today, earlier today at 1 p.m., which was also a 3-1 win. Mr. Purdy, walk us through the Clemson game. Clemson started uh, – well, Clemson Tigers played really well in the first set and then uh, did not in sets two through four, basically. They came out super aggressive to start which they kind of had to do if you're going to beat Tech just at all right now, and they did quite well with that. Uh, Tech only hit 143 in that first set to Clemson's 232. 
uh, and they they got it done. They won the set. Uh, tw- they they won the set thirty one twenty nine. After just it, there was just back and forth, back and forth the whole way in in, in the extra set, the extra points, um, and just Texas could not they could not finish that one at all. Um, and then they won the second three sets, 25-13, 25-15, and 25-16. So it was very much a tale of two different phases of this game of a Tech team that was just not ready to go and then a t- Tech team that was way too good for Clemson at all. And Clemson just kind of started coming back to earth with their mistakes in the second part of it. Um, that game was really notable because Tamara Otsune got benched for the San Diego game last Sunday. Did not play a single point at all. It was Lauren Sandin and Anna Bozy swapping back and, back and forth. Uh, and then she was back for that game, and she had the team high kills with 22, so and hit 300 on the day. So she got and had 50 attacks. She had a ton of attacks, um, which is a trend that I'm noticing between for this weekend is Otsune getting more attacks than anybody else. Uh, so it was good to see that because we just they needed she needed a get right game, and she got a get right game in a big way. Um, that is not her career high. She had some really high kill games at Illinois State, so she's gonna have to have. She's going to have to go off on one, like, really, really well to break her career high. But that was her tech high in terms of kills. Okay, so that was the Clemson game. Uh, let's talk about the NC State game. Both both you and I were there. Yep. I found this, regardless of the result, I found this immensely frustrating. And I, yeah. I don't know if you agree entirely. I think you tend to have a little bit of a lighter touch with these. A little yeah, bit. I do. A little bit. A little bit. Well, no, okay, you're in the middle of both of us, but I, I, te- I, am, <laughs> I tend to be a lot more critical of teams that I know are good and can be good, and when they, when they are not performing to that potential. I think it's frustrating to me to see some of the things that we saw in that Georgia game continue to be a problem. Yeah. I think there's still communication issues along the back line. I think we, that we've bit, seen yeah, over the bit, last yeah. two years, it's... Whenever Bianca Bertolino is in one of those backline positions and on on a server seat, she has a lot of trouble, you know, ident- like taking either taking her space or letting someone else take their space yeah. to uh, on a reception, and that happened quite a few times. Um, and I think we've also still seen um, we've seen I guess resurgence regression of Paolo Pimentel on on server seat as well. I think she had a couple yeah. of moments here where. Where there were her, bad early on today, it was aggressively bad. Like she missed three in the first set, and all were absolutely returnable balls too. Like yeah, they were not, I, they were not hard serves that just barely got in front of her toes or anything like that. Like and she to had her a chance. Credit, like you said, she got better. She got yeah, she fixed it. It got a lot better. We both noticed that like she her foot movement just was not there at all. Yeah. And then I there I could, there was a couple I like really watched hard, and she was back in the ready in just in the classic ready stance that you had to be in the receiver to receive a serve. Um, and was moving. She was moving a lot more, better. So she knew. She obviously knew in the middle of it. Like, yeah, this was not great, and she made the adjustments. But in the first set, yeah, it was looking pretty costly for a second. Yeah, there. I mean, I think the thing that we both noted is that, like you said, it's the it's the footwork, and there there were a lot of times that she just didn't. She wasn't moving to the place that she needed to be. Yeah, like physically, she was just diving for the ball or just not agile. I mean, there's only so much you can move when that server is coming at you in that moment in time. But yeah. it's it's the it's the ability to be able, just that fraction a bit more agile and reach as you need. I, I have wanted to put this idea out in front of you guys for a couple of weeks now because I knew we would get to a point in the volleyball season. And I think we're still having a little bit of, not analysis paralysis, but definitely a mental hangover from what we saw last weekend. Uh, I think it's, I saw you nod your head, Akshay. Oh, I know, I know that you think that. No. So what I want to put out there is more of a, 
like a level setting for us is that between the three of us, Jack, you generally have a, a fairly optimistic view, I think. Is, I, see or, what, I see what the ceiling is here yes. and that they hit it early and, too. <laughs> and Akshay usually sees what the floor is. And both of those things can tend to drag me in opposite directions and it causes me some frustration. So I do want to level set and say, hey, and I kind of said it at the end of last week. The team is good. They are. They want that they won both games this week. But the thing is, they're winning these games three one, and I don't think that that's as much of what we've seen maybe from last year's team or twenty 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 one Georgia Tech, you know, like dumpsters Clemson. Yeah. Right? For the most part. But yeah, I mean it it's a team that they've relatively handled. We have not lost to them in since twenty fifteen. Yeah. We that see that's a fun stat yeah. because you know we we think about it as like oh man I haven't seen I've never seen Tech football beat Clemson you know if somebody's a really passionate fan of Clemson volleyball they've never seen Clemson beat us it's, they, we've, so. we kind of we've wiped the floor with them for a long time all, all, all that to say I think there's valid points but at the end of the day they they are winning and they are getting it done it just doesn't seem as confident as I think the Ohio State and the Penn no, State and- games made us. Well, or made a, a made one think right. There's a reason they were a number ten team. They did in the last week. I, I so so I made a point after this game because me and Akshay had a lot of the same like just frustrations observations. and observations that like we had seen from the Georgia game that had like I mean thankfully the Howard game was the chance to just play Howard and be fine. And then against San Diego, San Diego's not what they were last year when they were the number three team in the country, literally and insanely good. Um, but they still were pesky at points. Uh, we got through it. We had some really good runs in there. Um, but Kurt Hoyt, the uh, radio guy for volleyball, and who's been watching this team as long as basically anybody on planet Earth at this point, because he precedes Collier's reign, um, he noted that basically everyone except for Pimentel and uh, D'Amico is in a new position this year. Um, so everyone is adjusting somewhat. I noticed this in my recap that I just posted about the NC State game. But Bergman last year got all uh, – uh, Kurt, thank you for all this information because this was really enlightening to me. Bergman got a lot of the junk balls last year, just like the just the stuff that wasn't – you couldn't – clean perfectly up and set for a perfect kill but she was so good that she made those look normal because she could hit basically any ball with power and pace and find a spot for it Bertolino is not that great Bertolino is now in Bergman's spot in the back of taking care of a lot of the server Steve and taking care of a lot of and granted Otene is getting more attacks but in terms of just the go-to person it's Bertolino right now Otene her real position is where she's playing now which is was Bernalino's position last year. So they're both readjusting to new spots. And then Mendez is taking the right side spot. And then you have two new middle blockers. So the chemistry is completely changing and still being figured out this whole time. Thankfully, they're all super talented and like really, really good. DeAndre Pierce looked not great against Auburn in the preseason game. She has gotten better and better and better. This girl was basically fifth in line at Texas. So she was playing against or practicing against the best team in the country last year. But she hadn't seen the floor for a year and a half, basically, and so she's still figuring it out. Um, and then we're having we're running two freshmen a game between Mendez and Suarez too. So there is the learning curve. I think we did not anticipate was as high as it's going to be. And when it's all said and done, so I'm not my my opti- my optimism is that I I know all these players are exceptionally good. The ceiling is right is super high for them, and they're not 13th ranked for no reason. Like they I, have. I don't think the ceilings moved at all from the beginning of the year despite I, what we've seen the last I don't think years. it's moved either because we haven't because they haven't played as good as they have since the Penn State game. If anything, I'm more confident in knowing what they are having seen the body of work so far because yeah. I thought there were a lot of question marks coming into the year and honestly I think that's something that kind of showed out with 
with the games at uh, at McCamish. Right? Yeah, is, yeah. Is hey, like this is still a, a not even not always necessarily a young team. Like Mogridge had the experience at UNC. Yeah. You know, DeAndre may not have played a ton at Texas, but still was a Texas volleyball. Yeah, we're running we're we're running freshmen, year. fifth years. See, we're running the whole range of years here yeah. too. So, but at the end of the day, Mendez, true freshman. You know, these folks are still learning and to play An overly each other experienced and, true freshman at that, too. And, and at the end of the day, like, there's a reason you, you play the season before the postseason, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been saying the phrase, it's why they play the games a lot this year in a lot of different scenarios. But, like, hey, like, you know, it's why they play the games. We're going to get a lot out of these games just because there's so And I know today there's just so many just tiny little mistakes just over. Now that I've seen enough games of us, that's like, okay, there's these just little bits that are just like they're, everything's an inch off from being way more in sync and stuff like that. So, well, and, and I think the, the 2018 team it was pre-Bergman, but you could see a lot of the same like, okay, this team is clearly very talented. You know, it had Rambia, it had Dowd. Yeah. Good players, but whatever it did, it took a year of learning for them to figure it out at the end. And, yep. and obviously, the 2019 team still missed the, the tournament as well. But that's what happens when you grow together. Maybe, maybe this is kind of a, it feels like a retooling. Yeah, no, it's still a really good retooling. Yeah, it's no, a better retooling. Right, no, retooling. Retooling is still and retooling is what Kalia has used. She's used that term retooling. She has not said rebuilding. It's not a rebuild. Uh, it is absolutely a retool year. Thirteen in the country. It's insane that we can retool and still be 13th in the country and have beaten top 10 teams multiple times this year. Um, so that's saying something for how good our floor is more than anything. Yeah, um, my point there being is like, you know, maybe it's a, hey, we're figuring it out. We're learning through the year. And maybe they do have to go grab something. I'm still pretty confident. You're a new recruiter. Yeah. But that, like, that's just, yeah. that's called the, the, the long arc of the program. If no, you will. Yeah, nothing has dissuaded me from my prediction that we'll probably win the. I think we can win the first two rounds, and then whoever is really good that we face in the round of sixteen probably just kills us. Um, we're still playing at around that level. Louisville went to four sets today, by the way, against Boston College. Really? I yeah. Did not, I did not check the rest. <laughs> this of the yeah. scoreboard like a, today. A, like if you look at the if your scoreboard watching last the, the first two match days of uh, ACC play, like there've been some really weird results. Yeah. Like teams oh. that we thought were going to be really good, like Notre Dame, Miami, like that we thought we were going to be like. Well, hold on, Notre Dame's two zero, two zero. So right, but they went to five and they went to four in the other game. Like, but we expect teams like Notre Dame and teams like Miami, it, who are in like our bracket uh, of the ACC or just under it, to be dumpstering some of the teams that they play. Right. Yeah. And I think Tech's clearly a. A, a bit above those two teams, but right, but but you get, you get the point that I'm trying to make. And, like, and to recap, to recap, um, going around the horn this week, we had a couple non-con games. Obviously, Tech won in the midweek. Uh, Florida State, Virginia Tech going to five. Yeah, would not have seen that coming. Florida State is the one that I didn't mention. Boston College went to five too. Maybe Boston College is a little better this year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, let's not count those chickens before they're hatched. <laughs> no, no. Wake Forest knocked off Miami three three to one, but that was in in Wake Forest's building, so maybe there's something. Who knows? Something there, but um, but yeah, no. And then uh, Miami and Virginia Tech went to four. Uh, let's see, uh, Georgia Tech and NC State went to four. Louisville and Boston College went to four. So. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Boston College just had a really great week in the volleyball. But, uh, again, to call out next week, Tech has Virginia Tech on the road uh, as well as uh, Wake Forest uh, on the road. So, just uh, – Yeah, we don't play at home until mid-October. Yeah. Yeah, they're not back until the 13th versus so FSU. A, which is State, yeah. a while. Um, 
I don't like how the schedule has worked out just because they... It is super backloaded. I bought season tickets and I would like to use them. Well, it's super backloaded at the end of the season after soccer season for the home game. So you might be in actually decent luck. Who knows? Look, Uh, MLS Cup in July and then we'll get back to volleyball. Sounds good. I I do want to just kind of run down the opponents real quick. Um, Virginia Tech, uh, how you say... Uh, kind of ain't play nobody yet this year. No, they have not. No, like there's kids. there are still some ACC teams that have not. Like the NC State came into today's game with a ten game winning streak. They have played nobody all year until they played us. So there are some definitely fraud, not fraudulent, but just no, misrepresent fraudulent. Yeah, but just like records that look a lot better than because of who they played. They have not that. started the ACC stretch yet. I was gonna say VT got Memphis and ECU, and and that's the closest other than the Florida State. Uh, and you know, and Miami losses uh, this uh, this weekend, but ECU and Memphis are the closest thing they've played to a power team. Furman's probably the third best team on that schedule. It's yeah, uh, uh, yeah, not uh, not the world beaters or, or anything to that extent. Uh, Wake Forest uh, just running through them as well. Their site is loading. I, Either of you have Husker mm-hmm. Geek or anything. I do have Husker Geek up, actually, while you're talking about this. The first thing that I saw that surprised me greatly was that Tamar Otene is the pro- uh, projected deep defensive player of the year. <laughs> Otene? I did not see coming. There's something, must be something wrong with that. That can't be right. That, uh, and then there's one player from Creighton that's currently the player of the year and the attacking player of the year. They, so, they, that, uh, the, the, the players of the year, I've been tracking that on Husker. It's been so wildly going back and forth. At one After the... Oh. After the first couple weekends, we had like five people within the first second, the, within the first team and second team. So there's there's a lot of. To be I mean, yeah, it's out. sample size bias. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, I, some of these things are are normalized, but um, but it is still susceptible to the the pretty small sample size of games. Yeah. I, just to just to sort of rattle off a couple of more uh, analytics while we're while we're sitting here, Tech is fourth in adjusted t- in adjusted defense um, across. Uh, and the only teams ahead of them are Nebraska, considering, you know, Nebraska. Uh, Pittsburgh, who's uh, top in the ACC right now, um, and Wisconsin, also, you know, Wisconsin. Top uh, in the ACC, left out of the top ten today. The first top ten came out, like, from the committee, and Pitt was not in it. Mm. Put Pitt in? Put Pitt out. <laughs> uh, um, I, I do want to highlight Wake real quick. Uh, they went to five. Uh, but one uh, at UCF in their building, so that was pretty good. Uh, they lost to Kennesaw in Kennesaw's building. They lost to Western Michigan uh, in Western in Kennesaw's building, but beat Mississippi State in Kennesaw. So probably the opposite of, of what you might expect. There went to five uh, against both App and Davidson, uh, and were swept by Florida State after beating Miami. So interesting year for Wake. Should uh, I don't say it's going to tell us a lot this weekend, but. Two two interesting programs to get in in their own buildings. Probably Wake more so than, than Virginia Tech. Yeah, we also play at four o'clock on Friday, which is just weird Ugh. timing. Yeah, that's early. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. That's probably got to be a TV window. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, a couple a couple of final notes. Just looking at HuskerGeek.com again. Uh, for all the kvetching we've done about Paula Pimentel, she's listed as a projected first team all-american the, these stats do not include today's game so that very well could be different but yeah again, our, small sample size bias the fact that we're first in dig percentage should still hold up though like, yeah 60 percent dig percentage that's first in the nation bianca bertolino projected 13 all-american um they're 10 and 1 or 11 and 1 after today um they have a four and one quarter one record um i don't think that that's going to get affected by today's game no not at all um 
You know, I look, I take your point that they're a good team, and I should just trust in the fact that they're a good team. But, Jake, you and I know that I will not do that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very painful. I'll aware. make another Kurt point is that he has he's noted that uh, they develop extremely well. Uh, notably, yeah. Breland Morissette was not a name that was known by anyone really in the, in the recruiting circles, and she turned into one of the best players out there, and now she's killing it in the pros in Turkey right now, too. Um, so, oh, my gosh. Uh, Cody Combe too was kind of like that, wasn't she? Mm, I don't, I don't, I don't know. My memory doesn't go that far back. Yeah. So I, I mean, regardless, yeah, like they, there will be there the players we have now. Like I'm glad we have such a such a usable youth core because that speaks a lot for what 2024 could look like it, mm-hmm. as a body of a whole. So I, I think anything we get this year, I would take with like thank. It's awesome we're getting this post Bergman's a challenge. I know Jake, you have noted a lot about like. Losing, if arguably your best player, one of your definitely one of your best players ever. Two of your best players in program history in back to back years. It's it's not nothing. It's not nothing. But what it does is it builds you a much bigger floor going down the road. And Collier noted as much that Bergman and Ber- and Brambia absolutely opened some doors that were not open before they got here. So, it, I mean, it does program uh, it, health. I mean, to go ten thousand foot program health. Much better than it's ever been. It does behoove you to have the top ranked twenty twenty five recruit in your building. Uh, to watch you get beaten by your rival, and then uh, uh, and, and then, then declare this week. <laughs> yes, so, uh, Patrick Patrick Ewing's daughter is uh, going to to a state college, not to Tech, after spending an entire weekend on campus. Hey, at least she spent a entire week. She she did her due diligence. She spent a whole weekend at, on, in Atlanta. Look, so. you get you get official visits all paid for by the receiving institution. At least that's the way it works for football. You make you make the best use of all of them. You do, you do. So uh, I respect it. <laughs> oh, I did. I'm guessing they didn't go to Georgetown. <laughs> I could not tell you if Georgetown has a volleyball program. Neither could not. I. Could not. Uh, let's move on from Big East country to ACC country. Let's talk about the ACC Palo Alto. football tasting <laughs> menu. Dallas, I don't even want to Dallas, talk about Texas. <laughs> don't even want to talk about how Stanford did this weekend. Uh, no, that was. That how you do yikes. ACC tasting menu. <laughs> Let's start with you, Mr. Purdy. Talk to me about Louisville versus NC State. Louisville, a three-point favorite. That is a Friday, 7 p.m. kick on ESPN. Louisville seems to be a thing. Uh, they're not we, – we had a lot of questions before our game against them, just like we don't know what the heck this is going to be, and they're turning into a thing. Um, three-point favorites, I would certainly go with Louisville in this case. So Can't gamble in the state of Georgia. I just want to make sure you're aware of that. Clemson at Syracuse. Clemson is a six and a half point favorite as we speak. That is a nooner on ABC, Mr. Grant. Yeah. Um, that's going to Syracuse's building, which is kind of working out interesting for a lot of folks. But uh, I think Clemson absolved themselves fairly well uh, against Florida State, who are a decided good team at this point. If you can go into Death Valley and win. Also, geez, poor, uh, poor Clemson fans having to watch their team lose in their own building like in back to the years. Oh no! Who who could ever you know who could ever imagine? But uh, I, I'd still go Clemson. I'd, and they rush the field too after uh, they're just. They do that after every. They do that. Was, after I was trying to make a joke with that. Yeah. I was trying to make a that. Joke was my first ever college. Wait, my second. No, my first ever college football game was at there, so I got to do that. Nice. When I was watching Auburn lose after they won the title. Anyways, <laughs> uh, moving on to. Uh, moving from a championship game bowl to a toilet bowl, UVA at Boston College. Boston College favored by two points. 
Boston That's a College, Saturday, 2 p.m. on the CW. Boston College does not want to be called a toilet bowl after taking Florida State to the wire uh, in their own building a couple weekends ago, which is why. ACC I'm, toilet bowl. That's why, I, well, UVA is absolutely ACC toilet bowl, which is why I think this BC line is should be like five and not two. So, To be uh, fair, I think uh, at a certain level, uh, some might say pot, uh, pot calling the kettle black. Uh, but I disagree. Uh, moving to the opposite end of the spectrum, cool. Notre Dame at Duke. Game day. Yeah, that is the first time that College Game Day will be on, on the game campus of Durham. Stadium. <laughs> I've been I've been to venues in ev- for every professional sporting league, multiple in most cases, including like twenty eight baseball stadiums. And I've, Oakland Coliseum, which can't Oakland even really Coliseum. be called a facility, a sports to, facility. I've been no. to dozens of college facilities across many sports and several minor leagues. Wallace Wade might be the most lifeless stadium I've ever been to. This is going to be a phenomenal <laughs> juxtaposition of the energy and fun of game day with like, they're probably already camped out for a basketball game. Out there. Something like, like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you do realize that like one of the first episodes that we did in the first season that we covered the team um podcast wise was called wallace wade mausoleum right (laughs) don't go check that out not for our own health Uh, anyway notre dame two and a half point favorite 7 p.m abc on saturday give me a pick i'm i'm picking notre dame here but it's not a confident notre dame They uh, only had 10 people on the field, two consecutive plays out of a timeout to lose to Ohio State. Womp, womp. And that's on them. Yeah, Marcus Freeman's got to wear that one. Uh, Pitt versus Virginia Tech. Pitt, a a two-and-a-half-point away favorite. That's an 8 p.m. kick on ACC Network, Mr. Purdy. Didn't Virginia Tech lose this week? Am I crazy? They lost to Marshall. They lost to Marshall on the road. Uh, Yeah, I'll tell you. There's no good football happening here. Uh so pit, I guess, sure. Bit of an armpit game in it. Uh, let's move on to sicko picks of the week, Mr. Grant. What do you have? Yeah, this one jumped out the, uh, jumped off of the page at me. Uh, Utah State, I believe, is going to UConn and is favored by almost seven points. Why? I'm I'm not a gambling man, but I hope they're getting paid to do that. I mean, well, everyone loves a nice night in stores. I hope they're playing at East Hartford instead. Play at the soccer stadium instead, <laughs> Mr. Purdy. Um, I don't really have my sickos dial really dialed in at all, so I'm just pointing it to the AL West race because there is I know that there is a guy who went who wrote it the same paper as I did the technique that works for the Mariners right now, and they are two games back in the wild card in the AL West race, and I would like to see them do things. Um, hey, John. So slash would uh oh yeah we both know John I forgot about that slash uh would uh like to see I was born in Seattle so I just like to see the Mariners make the playoffs two years in a row that that would be nice so Julio Rodriguez M's. in the playoffs would be fun go M's go M's I, I, I that that Jordan that Jordan Alvarez home run at the end of the NL, ALDS last year that he hit over he hit it over the batter's eye in center field which I didn't know was humanly possible he hit a ball so goddamn hard. I it was I, I mean generally you don't want to throw pitches middle middle you really don't you really don't generally um, you're told to not do that but think about that that ball went so far that was going over the hill when the hill was there again generally yeah. you don't want to do these things <laughs> I'm just saying uh, as always for my sicko pick you can check out gameonpaper.com for the official sickos committee sickos game of the week that'll be up sometime this week Mr. Grant. Off to you for trivia. 
very on brand this week. It has to do with Bowling Green again. Ohio or Kentucky? It's in Ohio. It's in Ohio. In Ohio. Bowling Green in Ohio. We got it right? Is that the trivia question? No. Oh. We've said that like four times on the podcast. <laughs> it's a good bit. Um, it will come up again. I, I, I had the blank look in my eyes, I know. But um, anyways, so Georgia Tech has played Bowling Green 14 games across six sports. Nine coaches. There's one of those six sports that has a losing record all time to Bowling Green. Oh, no. What is it? Baseball. I was going to guess that, too. That's a really good guess. They're the only other one that's even taken a loss to Bowling Green. (laughs) (laughs) All time, baseball is four and seven. uh, uh, Four and three, sorry. uh, Four of So is softball four and seven? No. uh, (laughs) It's it's much more annoying than that. Uh, It's uh, not football. But uh, I will say the most recent time baseball has – Played Bowling Green. It was a three-game sweep uh, by the Danny Hall boys. So good job. That was what? That was late in one of the seasons, uh, right? No, it was in early March 2014. So okay. no. opposite of that. No, okay. just incorrect. Uh, but, uh, but there's one team all time. Uh, they're actually winless against Bowling Green. It's because they're 0-1. Uh, that is men's basketball. They are 0-1 against Bowling Green. Uh, that was when Wack Hyder was in charge of the basketball team, so not any time recent. But the reason I felt so compelled to call this one out as being interesting is because the final score in a college basketball game at a neutral site at a neutral site was a okay. hundred and two to eighty seven in nineteen seventy two. Oh, isn't that nuts? You know, speaking of things you generally don't want to do, that's one of them. Wow. Generally, you don't want to give up fifteen extra points. The Bowling Green. You generally don't want to throw the, the ball. 30s. You don't want to throw the ball middle middle in a basketball game yes. and let them score 102 points. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, I've got one other random one for you. Uh, Bowling Green is uh, the rare winner of a mid-major national championship in one sport. Do you know what it is? This uh, one I do know off the top. How of random are we talking? Uh, is this a sanctioned NCAA sport? Yes. Okay. Um, it please tell. It's, it's not, not revenue. Is it bowling? Nah. Is it, is it well, bowling? It's revenue at some schools. Is, oh, I was, about to, I was hoping it was so it's bowling. baseball. I was hoping it was bowling. Well, see, the interesting thing about Bowling Green baseball, too, is they got cut during COVID, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they were just like, no, we have all this money. Bring us back. No, no, yeah, no, no. The, yeah. This was a uh, community thing. It was a it was a community fundraising drive, basically, from alumni. I remember but, it. Yes, it's not that. I will tell you. If I told you where this event was played, you would probably guess it immediately. Sailing or something like that? Nope. Skiing? That's not NCAA. No, he said it was revenue at some schools. At some schools? Which means revenue it's like at Boston ba- College, probably. Revenue at Boston Row- Hockey. Rowing? It was in hockey. Oh, they won the 1984 okay. men's ice hockey tournament in Lake Placid, New York. Oh, oh God. Okay. That yep. Yeah, that would have been a giveaway. Yep. And they yep. defeated yep. Minnesota Duluth, which also probably who was good. Who was very good at hockey. I would tell so. you, I, I'm saying this for the record, like Frozen Four. Some of the most fun sport yes. that I it have watched. Yeah, it is good. Even the tournament too. I mean, they fill those barns up. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah and the frozen the frozen four goes hard. Yep. They are yep. they are those crowds are feral. Postseason hockey of all kinds is exceptional. Oh yeah, the, all a, crowds are feral. Uh, there's a discontinued sports uh, section on their Bowling Green Falcons Wikipedia page for electric car racing. I don't think that's an NCAA sport. Nope. <laughs> Nope. I, sounds like, sounds, I like, a, that sounds like a thing we should be winning, too. Oh, we, yeah. we do win that. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no, no, no. We're a solar car race. Oh. We're gone. We've gone, beyond, we've gone beyond electric cars already. That makes more sense, actually. 
key difference. Well, gentlemen, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. Mr. Grant, take us out. Yes, as always, this has been Scions of the Southland. Thank you for listening. You can find us uh, and all the other articles that From the Rumble Seat puts up at fromtherumbleseat.com. You can email us, fromtherumbleseat at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback and uh, questions, comments you might have there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FGRS blog. Uh, I am at jgrant98. Jack is at Jack Nicholas. Eventually, we're going to get to the point where we just start plugging Blue Sky, I guess, instead. I haven't done well enough in putting stuff on there. We need more. We need – We need. if you all follow us on Twitter and you're on Blue Sky, come follow us. Also, we have Blue Sky invites to give away, so yes. feel free to, like, tag, like message me on Twitter or something, and I will give you one. Yes, uh, absolutely. But in the meantime, uh, you can find us in both places. Uh, you can find Section 103 at Section 103 on Twitter, uh, section103.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at from – the Rumble seat, and you can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. As always, tell your friends we appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, good luck, and go Jackets. Hey,